It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Wednesday morning, Lincoln, Nebraska. It's cold. Cold. So cold out there. Cold. I'm glad to be inside. One-on-one. 402-464-5685. Starter Hayman text line. Honda Lincoln Hotline. You can hit us up. Hit me with a one-up. We will talk. Uh, you can also follow on the Starter Hayman video stream. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. The captain is going to hang. We're going to do... Uh, I'm gonna hang. He's gonna hang with me, and then I'm gonna hang with him for an hour. Uh, in his show, he's got uh, his show all lined up. What you got today, kind sir? Uh, Todd Euler, running back week. This is what we're doing. It's running back week still. Yeah, yeah. Big time running back week. Next week will be itty bitty receiver committee mixed in, <laughs> with, mixed in with a little, little a little head honcho general black shirt toe. I'm waiting for fullback week. I you know fullback I'm week. I'm waiting for fullback week. It's, it's, I'm waiting for February. February is fullback week. Okay, all right. Because uh, I got to line that up. That's got to be the fullbacks. I mean, I am. I love the Nebraska fullback. So it's going. It's got to be the the right guys. And I, and I I I, I trying to stay away from it, but there will be tight end week. <laughs> Absolutely, be tight end week. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> you gotta have at, for, at, for Nebraska. You can have probably two or three fullback weeks, but you probably have to have at least four tight end weeks, which give us plenty of time. What's the difference in those two rooms between the fullback room and the tight end fullback room? Fullback more is responsible more for uh, blocking for the running back, of course, but also just destroying the linebacker. He is the up-the-gut guy. He is kind of a personal protector, if you will. Tight end – on the other hand, it has to kind of be a jack-of-all-trades. You have to be smart enough to understand how to double block, how to combo block, how to set the edge. We were talking about setting the edge with Jay. You got to know how to set that edge. I got to know how to outflank Jay if he's been taught to, to go and not give up the outside and I've been taught to take the outside away. No matter how far he runs up the field, I have to run out at his outside shoulder in order to 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 uh, defeat that. And then and then and then tight ends, we had to just do things on the fly. You know, if if that block, if that linebacker in there, that middle backer that we were supposed to be picking up and down blocking on, if he gets caught up in the wash, then we go to the safety. You go straight up to the safety. Well, but that's that's that 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 creative thinking. If this, then that. If this, then that. You know, let's say your edge setter and the, the your tackle inside takes a loss, you've got to bail <laughs> on your responsibility. Clear clear the edge so the tackle can get upfield and get to get to your guy. But that is a different kind of thought than players are playing with now. Well, now because because the the, the this time I don't know. Again, they look to the sideline to figure out what they're supposed to do. Instead of already knowing, we already knew what we were supposed to do based on the play call. And if the quarterback, like Tommy said, when he was a senior, 80% of the time he audible. Think about that. 80% of the time. Yeah, his senior year, 80%, he had enough 
coach gave him enough latitude and longitude that 80% of the time, if, if the, the, the play call was a 43 dive and he got up there and he saw that he had nine people in the box, it's probably not a good place to run the 43 dive. Mm-hmm. But if we go 52, which if they're on an all-out blitz, you sneak the tight end out on a little, a little like a little two-yard out route, and, and all we needed to get was one or a touchdown. I mean, he was smart enough it, to put us in it, that play. Is today's game – Allowing of that, absolutely. Of, of college quarterback. They're dumbing down the players. That's what I feel. Well, I'm saying, is it being done at the level that Tommy Frazier was doing it? He was actually coming up and making decisions on the actual play call. Yeah, it wasn't a check with me situation. No, no check with me stuff. It was not check with me. It was 43 die passes to play. Tommy get up there and see, you know, we're 43 dive, we're going to the left. Well, maybe they've got seven defenders on the left and only three on the right. Identifying Mike. So yeah. So got to go through that. Two opposite calls. Right. Okay. Right. So the quarterbacks were called to know what was going on, and they had to, 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 to look at it. They had to, to find it in their mind, and they had to say, is this a good play to run? Well, so we, but we see now – Offenses come to the line of scrimmage. They line up. They remember they've been in the huddle, so you're only getting formation and base base call. You're taking the element of surprise to me out from underneath the players because anytime you have to get up to the line of scrimmage, you should be looking to see your keys. You shouldn't. Well, but, but you they, shouldn't have your attention taken off of. Your keys, but then they, you know they do the fake simulation. Then they all stand up and look over at their at their group coach. Not good. And then they go through, and then it's either we're going to run what we ran in the NFL. You hear the kill call, but at college you don't hear you don't hear that because there's a coordinator or a coach on the side who's giving everybody the signal to which for the blockers. Uh, here's the blocking scheme you're going to use. Receivers. If we're in route combinations, this is the combination we're going to use. If it's receivers and we're going to run the ball, what their assignments are. Running backs, what your assignments are. The game isn't organic anymore. No. They're like not, they're, they're, you're teaching plays and not teaching them how to play. Yeah, well, if, if you gotta if you got to look to the side, just think about this. You got, what, is it 30-second clock now? Is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. You got a 30-second clock. Get up to the line of scrimmage because we always wanted to snap the ball with 15 to 17 seconds left on the clock. So, you know, you're talking about – we, we're going, going, going. So you get out there, play clock is going, you have to get up there, run to the line, boom, look over to the sideline, change the play. All right, they change the play. Now you got to rethink what you just thought. Now it's it's not organic to be able to, to see what you're doing because now you're getting up to there and you're going. Well, you don't know, okay, have you identified who the mic is? Have you? What's their strong side? What are they defending? What are they trying to take away? Uh, how are they going to cover whatever this is? No matter how you line up, if, I, if you want, if you line up in triplets, defensive backs have different responsibilities now. Linebackers now are in c- coverage play. Players don't have to decipher that now. The coaches are doing that from the eye in the sky and from the play call on the side. And I think that's what's taking the play college football play. That's why there everybody is kind of grouped. There's no real like. You've got those upper echelons teams, two, three or four teams, and then you got everybody else. And then you got a three and nine team that can play with a twelve and two team. 
that never really happened. But now that you've got, if everything is given the same, now athletic ability takes place over. And the, but and the but the resources are everywhere. Like money's everywhere. And so when people talk about a three and nine team, if you're a three and nine team, there are a lot of things that had to go wrong for you to be a three and nine team in this day and age. Same for basketball. That's you know it's not exclusive to Nebraska or a a program. There are programs around the country where. The guys who used to play the game at a certain way have evolved. My question is, have they evolved for the better or for the worse? Is the evolution of having guys like you and Jay who have played in a, in a certain era at a certain standard and then you're around young people who may not, be, may not share your medal, they may not share your standard, can you guys get to this place where you can communicate with today's athlete to perform at the level that you did? Oh, I think so. I think, I mean, anytime you, you – it's infectious. People see the energy that you breed and, and uh, the confidence that you breed, and it, it becomes infectious. There's always one person that can say one thing to you that can change your life based on that one thing that they told you if you hold on to that one thing. So I think uh, the former players who have a wealth of knowledge, and by the way, are all grown men. Some of us have grandkids. Some of us have kids. You know, we've been there. We live life. We, we, we've made our mistakes. But now when you, you know, when you, you, you come an older man, sometimes you look at things a lot differently. So the, the things that we learned back then can still be taught today. Well, that's just, that's like I, I tell my daughter this all the time. I made the mistake so you don't have to. And what makes her intelligent is for her to go, okay, I need to accept that. That he's not boundering me for, for, for some nefarious reason. He's simply saying, look, I already did that. I already bumped my, my – I stubbed my toe there. Don't you go and stub your toe. But you guys are now parents. What I'd like to see is – that generation of players that their young people are now playing for Nebraska. Well, you have to have – you have to. that's the tie-in that's missing. I think that's the missing key to Nebraska football and, and, and getting back to the greatness is having the former players in the room, having the former players just sitting at practice, having the former players – um, sitting in the meeting rooms, not to be in there. I don't know if they have to be in the room or practice, but I think having them as a resource, another thing that when a player bounces to 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 the extreme of, of their boundaries, that there's a, a knowledgeable, positive-thinking, experienced Husker player to reinforce that, wait, wait, this is a space you shouldn't be in, and here's why. Yeah, but – Like to know to come to you. Right, it was like with Kobe yesterday. You have you are affecting Kobe just by simply giving him another resource I'd to go be to. More effective with Kobe at practice because I can see what's going on. I don't disagree. That's why I go to practice. Yeah, and I can see. Okay, he might he I might need to just tweak one little thing in his in his mindset, not in his basketball yeah, it's, game. It's never the it's never the physical stuff. Yeah, it's the it, mindset. It, it, it's how they process, how they think. What they're what 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 makes them tick, and so I would like to see that part. That's why I say having former players at practice. First of all, it makes the players that's actually there playing be like, 
Oh, that guy played. Oh, that guy played. Oh, that's a three-time champion. Oh, that guy played for St. Louis Rams. Well, they should know you, though. They, see, here's the – my big issue is that they don't know you. But that's because they haven't made – Callahan, okay, you talk – we talk Callahan on Jay's show, yeah. right? Jay, yeah. Okay, so in old school, Callahan made it he, – he made it kind of off limits for us to come around. But, but the, but so that was the beginning of the end, and I don't know – How is it with Scott in charge and Trev in charge, former Huskers of note? How have they not rebuilt the bridge? Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like Dave single with a ten piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave single, Dave single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. I think Trev and Scott, they're trying to rebuild that okay. bridge. I, I, I okay. think that's a um, something that they're, they're work. I know Trev for sure is working on. Mm. I know he wants to make sure that, that we, uh, as former players, we, we, we get and take care of a little bit better than we have. So, And I don't think, and, and a couple of things. Uh, so we'll get to the text line. First, Sanderson says Vashon was a fullback at one point, correct? Yes. He was. He thought his memory was getting bad. I'm like, no, no, Dave, we got you. Uh, Dusty says, what up, uh, DP and VJ? Had to tell you, I ran a D-walk yesterday at Walmart. The guy was super impressive. I've been high on him since the start of the season and will be rooting for him even harder now. I really hope they can get things together. That's another young cat, Derek Walker from the basketball team. He's their captain, overachiever, extraordinary young man. He's another guy I want to get in front of you because that's – your kind of kindred spirits and how you approach things. Um, Tiny Pig says this, could a bunch of ex-players at practice lead to overcoaching? Negative. I get that you, you – know, I didn't say coach. I said show up. Pre- well, presence. 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 Cheering presence. guys on when they make great plays, mm-hmm. letting them feel the energy of practice. Because remember, our practices was was, was harder than games. So I'm not saying that we need to be out there telling kids, hey, you didn't do that technique right and you didn't do this, you didn't do that. No, that's what the coaches get paid for. Mm -hmm. But to have – it's just like anybody else who has a a child that's playing a sport. If you don't go to the sport to support them, if you don't go to the game and they look in the stands, they got nobody there, in their mind, what am I playing for? Well, it's a big part of major – Alabama, you watch an Alabama game, there are NFL dudes up and down the sideline. All the time. Like all the time. Um, LSU. Miami, LSU, Notre Dame, those folks were there. And they're there. It's not just certain players. It's a bunch of people. And it 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 ironizes the, 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 the fraternity. Right? Knowing that it's not just one and done. It's not just three and done. That this is family long term. That – those people still are, are around the program. Yeah, and I, I'm right? be, I'm being I'm being facetious, Tiny Pig DP. I'm about to be facetious. Okay, we need to get overcoached right now. <laughs> I'm being facetious, Tiny Pig. Uh, we need to get over. Listen, more coaching the better. Right now, I'm I, talking now. I think I think some exceptional opportunities there, just in reinforcing what the coaching staff is asking for. Because I get players that ask, well, hey, you know, they're saying I need to get them playbook, and I think I know it. And I'm like, no, you need to listen to what they said. But 
I can go with you if you need another place. Because sometimes it's the familiar voice that they shut down on. They don't want to hear it anymore. Um, they don't hear that voice. They don't recognize it. Uh, they feel like they're smarter than the people who are in the, the co- those coaching spots. But you guys are there to reinforce what the coach is asking yeah. for. You're not going to ask for them to do anything against the program. Negative. You're going to ask for them to do the thing that's good for them because you know what's good for them. You know what's going to work for them. And I just think throughout the programs, like, I don't, I don't know that I see it. I, I love – I, I don't see it on basketball either. I asked well, a, a well, former well, player, like, hey – do you do you guys get together with the basketball players? Well, they're finally going to have they're going to have an alumni weekend, and Tony Farmer was the one that told me. He said they're having an alumni weekend February fourth here in Lincoln. Yeah, but and nobody I, knows. Nobody knows. I, nobody I knows. I'll share with you the message. It was like I was like I'm here. I, I don't even know. And he was like, Yeah, like we're trying to figure out what to do with hotels and have a meeting place and restaurants to eat. And I said. You know, Tony's thing is, well, apparently something's going on because the pricing, hotel pricing is crazy. I'm like, bro, uh, you got a room at my crib, so <laughs> you ain't got to worry about it. But get to town and then get to work because, you know, Chubik's around the program. Uh, Pike's around the program because there's, you know, they had young people, around, uh, Pike has people around the program. Um, that, but, but DP, that's my problem, though. Okay, mm-hmm. is the problem that I that exists for me is there were other guys beside the NBA, NFL guys who meant more to the program that don't get the respect that they deserve because it's not just the Grant Winstroms, it's not just the Jason Peters, it's not just those guys who who helped this program to be great. It was everybody that embodied 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, moving forward. Back, and, then, and then you go back to the 80s. You go back to the 70s. All those guys instituted what we were as Nebraska football. We don't know anymore because, you, again, you had Callahan come in and flip it all the way upside down. Well, once it was flipped upside down, you lost all types of tradition. Mm-hmm. How do you get that tradition back? You gotta have somebody who knows. Well, and you gotta get your bearings right. The worst thing for you underwater is when you flip around and you gotta recalibrate and figure out okay, which which way is up, um, and how I'm gonna get there. I thought with Trev and Scott originally that they would get together and then hit the reset button. Like I actually thought there was this was gonna be a reset. Like okay, what we explain reset so. To know the space that you're in, in order for you to determine what the ultimate priority is for the program, you have got to say what the what the mandatory must-have steps are in order. You also have to determine what is the goal, what is the mission of this program, and then the next team. And it's in that order. It's you honor the program, and then you get to the level of coaching the team. Right, because the program means a standard is set already in place for minimum things that are allowed, coached, and accepted within the program. There's so many things that's been flipped upside down that Trev has to recalibrate that it's not going to get fixed in six months. Okay, but th- th- right, but that's why we have the discussion yeah. that that Trev has come in and said that winning is top of the pyramid, and I like to ask that question all the time. What what's the pecking order of 
at Nebraska athletics and Nebraska football? Is it is winning at the top of the pyramid? So you imagine the John Wooden pyramid of success. At the very top of it is the thing that matters most, most. And then you have to ask the question: Is it is it the check writers in the you know that 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 make decisions behind the scenes? Is it the fans? Or is it the 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 thirty thousand boosters that you ask the important questions about how the stadium should work? Is it the student athletes? Is it the academic requirements and the standards that you set there? Is it Lincoln as a community? Is it the alumni base? And then for all of those things make your pyramid. What's the thing that overrides when that thing goes wrong that everything else has to be rechecked? And it has to be winning because winning cures all the other stuff. You get more checks when you win. The fan base is happier. The student athletes are, 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 are living and experiencing a greater level of success. The alumni are more connected and they're more positive. If you're losing at the top of it, it affects money. Like you have, that's a, Money's another thing that has to be a part of the pyramid is money at the top of it, right? Because if you start making decisions where money is the, is the priority, then you get into situations where, well, I'm not satisfied with the winning, so I got to make a decision. And if money is either the reason why you get into a thing or the reason you get out of a thing, then you've made money that priority over winning. That's been the problem, though, over years, that we have opened up our wallet and our checkbook to coaches – who not necessarily prove themselves, and we gave them proven money. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking, I'm going back now. Okay. Okay. And then because of whatever reason, I mean, you go to a, you go to a, 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 a Bo Pelini, and no matter how you cut the cheese, right, I bet you the, if you ask fans, and, and fans, look, get, get in with us, Sider Herman text line 464-5685, would you rather – have kept a nine-win Bo Pelini mm-hmm. for the last ten years, mm-hmm. or uh, Mike Riley, and and then kind of what we're going doing now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm just talking exit. I'm just talking numbers. I'm talking and, and I think you could wins have, and you losses. You could ask that question, and, and unfortunately for Nebraska fan base, what I found out is you have to ask that question without speaking the names of the coaches, but simply about the facts about the coaches. Like I'm, I'm a fan. Like here are the facts behind coaches. I can love Fred Hoiberg and still say uh, this record isn't good enough, right? That like that's fair. That's simple. But the standard was you with Tim Miles and before that. That listen, nineteen wins wasn't good enough. Twenty plus wins because some things, other things became the priority. Rather than you honoring the thing that you built in your pyramid that said this is what's most important. Because winning allows for a whole lot of other things to take place. Rico? You you say to keep the names of the coaches out of it and all that stuff. If this is something I just thought of, if the same records and the same results and everything had been happening, uh, the Bo tenure, but it was Mike Riley as the head coach, mm-hmm. would people have been as upset with you know, with with how Mike Riley and everything, and how people were like, oh, he doesn't do this. He's too nice. He does this. And then with Bo Pelini, it was, oh, well, he he hates the fans. He has freakouts on the sidelines. He's making Nebraska look bad. If the nine wins and the blowouts to Wisconsin, Ohio State, whatever, 
happened and it was Mike Riley as the head coach. What's the takeaway from that? I'll go a step further. And we'll go to break, and I'll let people ponder it. You guys will have time on the text line to get your text in, and then Vashon can tell us what really thinks. But imagine that you had Pelini, but you had Tom Osborne's record. Would it have been okay? Like, would you have? You wouldn't have. Well, well, but but that's 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 exactly my point. People get caught up in and and you you mess up, you get caught in the wash. Speak to the thing that's most important about what you're trying to do and then identify why you're trying to do it. And as soon as this program gets back to that, it'll it'll straighten itself out. The problem is there's so many people muddling the waters with agendas and narratives rather than dealing with the thing you're supposed to be dealing with first. We'll talk about that when we come back. Vershawn is here. Rico is here. I'm DP. You're listening to 101 on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One-on-One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.